following show was recorded in the studios of SLNC ABLS, unmasked in a soundproof booth that is socially distant and responsible. Its content is intended for people who are blind or print impaired. Forewarned, listening and subscribing to this podcast just might make you a better user of the library reading technology and take your reading to another level of enjoyment. Hello and welcome to Craig's Desk, a program from the State Library of North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services, SLNC ABLS. I'm your host, Craig Hayward, the technology librarian at SLNC ABLS. This show is all about sharing and learning about the library's reading technology, online resources, and some insider information announcements from the National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, known as NLS. I will say that over the course of creating and producing this show, that it has been fun to write show scripts, but I also see the need to evolve the content offered. On this episode, I'm offering you, the listener, a live staff interview with our collections librarian, Josh Burkoff. My hope is that you will learn a little more about one of the people on our staff, what they do, and how they help you read more. Josh, in particular, is a good person to know since he is so involved in building the library's collection of books from NLS and locally recorded ones. After that, see what's on my desk, Craig's desk. That desk is where I get my ideas for this show and where people like yourself offer up questions and feedback that are worthwhile to share. Some of the best questions I've had on the show have been from people posting on our social media accounts, like the library's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram accounts at slnc-abls and day-to-day when you call in for support and help. I take notes and remember things. I also learn daily from the interactions with patrons. You teach me every day. It's a gift I get to receive from you. I'd also like to mention our email address is abls.help at ncdcr.gov. That is ablshelp at ncdcr.gov. ABLS for Accessible Books and Library Services, the name of our library, and what we provide as a library. Help because that's the purpose of the email box. We want to help you. So abls.help at ncdcr.gov is the place to send your technology questions or other feedback. Keep that around and use it when you need it. Whether it's to hear a technology question answered or some other bit of news and information about our library or NLS, or for whatever reason you're listening, I'm thankful you're here, as is our library. We all want to serve you and help you. I'll be your guide and help you navigate the changes in our service. I want to help you use the technology better so you can enjoy more reading. A final note before we start this program, sharing is caring. We'd like to get the word out and share this show so that we can help whoever wants help. If you have friends, family, or anyone else that want to listen to the show, tell them to search Apple Podcasts or Spotify or their favorite platform provider for Craig's Desk or go to the Craig's Desk podcast page on Podbean, that is HTTPS colon slash slash nccraigsdesk.podbean.com. I'll spell that N-C-C-R-A-I-G-S-D-E-S-K dot P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot C-O-M. Enough talk. Let's get this episode of Craig's Desk started. Now, another staff interview. 
This is an interview with Josh Burkoff, Collection Management Librarian. So here's a staff interview. Josh Burkoff, ABLS's Collection Management Librarian, is someone who I have worked with for several years now and who is deeply committed to providing quality reading materials by building the best collection of reading, local recordings, descriptive video materials, and all things related you can have. Josh also works on things behind the scenes to help the entire NLS network of libraries bring every program the best it can when it comes to reading. Enough of that. Let's hear things in Josh's words. So Josh, what brought you to the library originally? Why ABLS? Um, well, the honest truth is I was looking for another job. I was working at a community mm -hmm. college library. And, Sounds um, familiar. Yeah, you know, I it, it was, I mean, I, I liked working there, but I was commuting in an hour and 15 minutes each way every day. That was getting tiring. And I, yeah. um, I knew someone who had worked here at ABLS years ago. And oh, uh, he had gotten wind that I was looking for a new job. And he knew that this position was open. Now, uh, uh, the ABLS staff were actually really trying to recruit him for it to come back. But he... Uh had already made plans to move away. So he um, he mentioned the job opening to me and it happened to be the very last day that the job position was open for applications. So I really rushed my application in and um, got the interview. I know my friend who had worked here before, you know, had put in a good word for me and I got the job. It was the easiest wow. job search I've ever had. I, I got the first job I applied for. That's um, great. That's I mean, a testament known, to that. <laughs> <laughs> I had known of, of ABLS's existence, yeah. but I, I didn't know that much about it um, until I interviewed. And actually, to be honest, I wasn't, <laughs> I don't know how much of this I should say, even right, going go into the interview, I wasn't, it wasn't really until the morning of the interview that I started getting excited about the possibility. Um, yeah. I, um, it's okay. But, but the interview, but the interview itself went well, and I, um, I just over the next. I mean, it takes you know, state government takes a while before you get the official it, offer. It does. So I had yeah. about a month of sort of like building up myself, it building does. up the excitement between the time of the interview and the time of the job offer. It, it really um, does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I so, have some um, bumps. I have some bump and bruise stories myself from getting this job with the state government. Yeah. So yeah, I can totally relate. Yeah. Yeah. So um. I didn't had really plan to stay here for that long, uh, but it's been eight and a half years now. So I, I, it, it must there there must be some redeeming be quality for 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 working here, um, there must for sure. Be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyway, so really, why ABLS? It was more like yeah, I just needed a new job, and this was the first one that came along. <laughs> That's not a problem. That's understood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So before you were at ABLS. Where, where were you before you were at ABLS? I guess that's the, the next question I have for you. What's your journey been like getting here? Uh, how far back do you want me to go? You don't have to go terribly far back, just like, like maybe a couple things back before you got here. I don't know. All right. So I got my MLS at UNC Chapel Hill and stayed on there for about a year and three months afterwards. Oh. Uh, they hired me full time on a couple of, uh, to manage a couple of grant funded projects in the library system there. At the end of 2008, uh, so that was 2007, the end of 2008, my, uh, the grant projects that I was on were, were coming to an end and because the economy was crashing, there were no new projects in the pipeline. So I had mm -hmm. to leave. 
Yeah. Um, it's the, the perils of working on uh, uh, on a soft money source. Soft money. Yeah, soft money is fun. Uh, so I, I was literally a week away from being unemployed when um, a, a woman named Deborah Hooper, who's the director for the Living Arts College in North Raleigh, hired me to be the librarian there. Living Arts College was a very small, private, for-profit uh, arts college. Um, up in the okay. Wakefield area, okay, with you know 400 students total. So I was the only yeah. librarian. Yeah, uh, I, I worked there for almost four years. Wow, um, learned a lot. It was good experience. I have no regrets. Um, but I was ready to get back into state government. I wanted the more the stability of state government, the benefits, the yeah um, pension plan, all of that stuff. So I um, I managed to get. The position of coordinator of collections and user services at Pitt Community College Library in Pitt County, uh, technically in in Winterville, I was there for 19 months. Hmm. The uh, I enjoyed the job, enjoyed the students, the staff, the faculty, uh, but it, the hour and 15 minute commute each way every day, five days a week, was wearing on me. Yeah, and I. I just got tired of spending two and a half hours of my day, five days a week in the car. Yeah, I can relate. So I needed something closer, and uh, that's what uh, brought me here. Oh, great. Well, we're happy to have you. We're glad you, you've stayed, <laughs> kept it beyond the initial couple years. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm still here. That's so. awesome. Okay. So merging into this, what have been some of your highlights being here? Like what are the high, what are some of the high points of things you've done here? The work that I do here is the most rewarding work that I've ever done uh, as a librarian. Okay. You know, I came from academic libraries where it was, whether you're talking university or private college or community college. And while you know, patrons in those settings, students, staff, faculty, you know, are certainly in need of, of our services. It's not the same kind of need as our patrons here have for our services. I mean, so many of our patrons have lost their sight or are losing their sight later in life. They never learned to read Braille. Um, some live alone or are in other ways uh, isolated. And we hear routinely from patrons just how much our service means to them, that it really saves their sanity, especially for those who are really isolated and alone and, and have very little community support around them. Um, Knowing that the work that I do literally helps thousands of North Carolinians across the state every single day is more reward than I've gotten any of my previous jobs combined. Um, so that is an enduring highlight for me in terms of my work here. Um, I would say in, in other, uh, other rewards, um, getting involved at the national level uh, within the network uh, of libraries for the blind, but also at NLS proper, whether it was the collection development advisory group that I served on for four years at NLS or the uh, subject headings working group that I chair now um, among a number of state libraries in, in cooperation with, um, with uh, the uh, bibliographic control section at NLS, NLS being National Library Service for the Blind and Print Disabled, which is a part of Library of Congress, for those of you not aware. Um, so just the ability to really sort of branch out and really develop, a, I think, a pretty good reputation for myself uh, nationwide within this, this program of, of Network Libraries for the Blind. 
That's awesome. That's great. So now the counter to that, what have been some of the challenges with being in this job? Well, I, I guess I'm going to, what I'm going to say is sort of a, a, both a blessing and a curse. Okay. Uh, when I started here, we were getting from NLS about, you know, probably a little under 3,000 titles each year added into the collection. Maybe probably, I think it was about 2,100 Braille uh, audio titles and you know, five, 600 Braille titles somewhere around there. So we're looking at probably about 27, 2,800 titles total coming from NLS. And just keep in mind that part of my uh, duties here is to code all of these incoming books with um, our local subject headings. Well, compare that or contrast 2,800 to nearly 10,000 that we're dealing with now. And most of those are coming from NLS, although some from the network libraries, also the locally produced books, including our own. So the, the workload has increased fourfold since I've started. Wow. Or almost fourfold. Uh, that is the biggest challenge. That is, it's a curse, but it's also a blessing for our patrons because that means four times the number of new titles available to them to read every year. Um, yeah, that's got, a, that's an awesome piece of that. Yep. Yeah, I and mean, we've got you know our longtime readers who have read everything in their preferred genres are getting more new titles in their, those preferred genres each year than they were before. So. Okay. Excellent. So now let's talk a little bit. What are your hopes and dreams and aspirations for the future and even here? But what what are some of your hopes? What are some of the things you kind of dream about doing beyond this oh, place, maybe? World domination. Okay. Sounds like a good plan. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> I, uh, beyond this place. Sure. So I also, um, I'm also a writer um, in my spare time. Uh, I, I write books, novels. We've got a couple in the collection uh, that I've been able to, to donate the files for or that we're recording. I would like, one of my goals is mm -hmm. to have one of my books turned into a movie. Oh, I wow. would love to see one of my books on the big screen or, oh, awesome. or at least in a Netflix type ser you know, service. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe it's a little bit of a pipe dream, but that's, mm. um, that's one of my goals for the future. Hey. And just to keep writing books and, and making people laugh because most of my books have you know, a fair amount of humor in them. Um, what are what are a couple uh, of title samplers to get people going that you're listening? Uh, well, one that's in our collection in audio right now is Adulting at the Moto Lodge, M-O-T-O-L-O-D-G-E. Uh, another book, which we have in Braille, uh, mm -hmm. is The Enlightenment of Angeline, A-N-G-E-L-I-N-E. -E. And we're currently recording that one as well. Um, in the future, um, there will be another book called The Enlightenment of Iris that I'm having commercially recorded and I'll be able to uh, donate those files to uh, to the library. It's not, not, re not quite ready yet. Yeah. Um, but those are a couple of titles. That's great. Okay, so now you're a writer yourself. And you're also a collections guy. What are you, some of your favorite authors or books that you've read? Ooh, um, I've read so much, it's hard to pinpoint I get a particular that. favorite. But um, <laughs> one, one of my favorites in the last, say, five years that I just absolutely adored was Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. Mm. 
it's a it's an epic family saga, uh, fiction, historical fiction, World War II era, and into the actually it takes place over a number of decades, starting earlier in the 20th century, going up the, you know to, to towards the end of the 20th century. It takes place in Korea and Japan, uh, mm. and it's it's really a family saga of a couple of generations of this of this fam this Korean family that uh, ends up finding itself in Japan after, after the war. Uh, and uh, it's, um, if you liked the Joy Luck Club, you'll love mm -hmm. this. Okay. I think that's that's the best analogy that I can make. Um, other books, I'm trying to think what, other, what others <clears throat> really sort of jump out at me. Um, I will say this, rather than naming other specific books, my favorite yeah. writing style is okay. first, first person narrative. I, I okay. just fell in love with it when I started reading uh, Sue Grafton's, you know, Alphabet Mysteries, and you know, the Kinsey Milhone Mysteries, uh, as well as uh, um, Sarah Paretsky's uh, V.I. Uh, Wachowski books, Wachowski, yeah, uh, and also the Miss uh, the Ambie Ross's Miss Julia books. They all mm -hmm. have that beautifully written first-person narrative where you actually feel like you're in the room with the characters. That's and awesome. so. In my own writing, I've tried to to emulate that. Um, all of my writing is done in first person narrative, um, and my readers have commented that they indeed feel like they are living the stories with the characters as they're reading the books. Wow, that's those are some, and that's that's good for me to remember too. <laughs> some of that <laughs> stuff too. <laughs> yeah. I like books like that as well. Oh, um, one other book I absolutely sure. loved recently. Go right um, ahead. Tanahisi's Coates, uh, I did not pronounce that correctly. Mm -hmm. ta Coates's uh, first debut novel a couple of years ago, The Water Dancer. Oh. Incredibly yes. beautifully written. The, the language, the descriptions, mm -hmm. it, it, I felt like I was transformed in, in, into the book. Oh, wow. Or transported into the book, I should say. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Yep. So any other little closing things you'd like to add, you know, anything else you like to do when you're not working here? You're not doing work here. What else do you like to do? You're off hours. Besides, oh, besides love, writing, anything else? Besides writing and working. I mean, yeah. I'm certainly an avid reader, um, <laughs> but I also, I mean, I've got two beautiful cats who are the center of my world, the heart of my heart, you know, um, I am definitely a devoted cat dad, crazy cat person. Crazy I'm cat sure when person. I'm old and well, I'm already gray, but I was going to say when I'm old and gray and living in the house by myself, I'll have 13 cats. <laughs> but, um, but I also, what else do I like to do? What else? Um, I also love games. I mean, I love games. Like I play games on my iPad all the time, card games, board games, you name it. I'll play it. Cool. Yep. Okay. So that's all I have for you today, Josh, or this interview. So listeners out there, now you know a little bit more about one of the people and their voice of who's helping you out at the library. And Josh has a really kind of central role here. Anything else you want to add, Josh? Yes, since you've talked about my voice. Go ahead. I'm going to put in a little plug for a future book that we're adding yes. to the collection. By it's all called, means. Uh, uh, Step It Up and Go, the story of popular music in North Carolina. Oh. And I, yours truly, will be narrating the book. Nice. Um, don't have a release date yet, but sometime in the spring. Oh, fantastic! We'll look forward to that. We'll we'll get that we'll get that note out actually once that's uh, once that's available, even on the show yep. and where else we can. Yep. So, Great. I appreciate your time, Josh. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to talk to me and help our listeners learn a little bit more about you and our staff. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity.
your technology questions. How to find the Add to Wishlist button in the new version of Bard Mobile for Apple iOS. Recently, Bard Mobile and Apple Mobile devices went through a major update that now allows you to directly download books and magazines instead of having to add them first to your Bard wishlist and then download them after that. This was put in because searching in Bard Mobile really has meant going from the app to the Bard website and then searching there to find books or magazines. The wish list has been the bridge between the two places. This is why you have to have added the items to the wish list. This is so that Bard Mobile can see them to download them to your device. This move away from having to use the wish list to download books and magazines in Bard Mobile has been a welcome change by many users. Many had wondered when you would no longer have to go to the website through the app and then have to go back to the mobile app to download afterwards. But it also has led to us having some questions about why it was removed because there are some patrons who really like doing things by adding things to the wish list first. It is just how they know how to download things in Bard Mobile. It is comforting for many. Note that eventually Analyst plans to do the same thing to the Android version of the Bard Mobile app. For now, it remains as is, and you still have to use the wish list to download to the Bard Mobile app for Android. To answer this question from patrons, the Add to Wishlist option has not been removed from Bard Mobile. It has just changed where it is seen or been, because searching is now done from the mobile app itself and not the website anymore. To accommodate this change, NLS moved where the Add to Wishlist button is located for a book or magazine after you find it. Now, when you find a book or magazine in the search results, you find what you want by title, and then after you read the title, author, and total time information, you have a download button. So at this point, you can download the book right now to your bookshelf in Bard Mobile and play it right after you download it. This is a change in how Bard Mobile is set up. But what if you don't want to download it right then, but you like what you found and want to save this for later? This is now where the wish list comes in handy as somewhere else that you can easily put it there and find it later in Bard Mobile. To add it to the wish list, you now will find the title and just next to it or after it, a more information button. This button takes you to the more information about the book or magazine, like who narrated it and annotation and even the book number or issue number. It's a place that tells you more about the item you've chosen. Once you get through the details of the book or magazine, there are two buttons. The first one is Add to Wishlist, and the second button will let you download directly. By using the Add to Wishlist button, you will then add it to your wishlist. The nice thing about the wishlist is that you can see it in Bard Mobile and on the Bard website. This could come in handy if, say, you get a new mobile device and want to put a book or magazine on your new device instead of the older one. This is good to know for future reference. Many thanks to the patron who asked about where the add to wishlist button had gone. You helped make this show what it is, and you probably helped someone else learn how to use this feature in Bard Mobile. If you have any other comments or other questions related to Bard Mobile, Bard itself, using our online catalog, or any other kind of reading tech, email to abls.help at ncdcr.gov. One other quick note. A patron asked about getting podcasts on their home computer or laptop. They wanted to know about accessible podcatchers to help them get podcasts. I plan to cover this topic on the next show, so be ready then. I hope you'll keep listening. Thanks again.
NLS News. Some quick notes from the NLS publication called NLS on the Move. NLS now has a very helpful way that we libraries get to learn about all kinds of things happening around NLS. This is called NLS on the Move. This most recent edition had some highlights from 2022 and what lies ahead. As we record this show, we are at the end of 2022 and moving into 2023. From this newsletter, the what lies ahead part caught my attention when I saw it on my desk, Craig's desk. For new technology and initiatives, some wonderful news from many of you out there on one of the most often asked questions to me over the last five years at least. NLS has begun field testing a smart speaker app. This will allow users to use voice commands to connect to BARD, search the collection, and most importantly, stream books using a smart speaker device. This means you speak, ask your device to play a book, and it starts playing, all by your voice. No details on when this will actually be an offering, but NLS is getting closer. More details in a future show. Also, if you know a veteran out there who wants to be part of the service, there has been a major project for them to streamline signing up for the program and getting a BARD account at the same time. We at the library have been happy to see so many veterans' applications coming our way as the service expands. What this means for the future is eventually expanding this type of quick sign-up for all new patrons, which is what we all want. The ability to sign up and start reading any way you choose without the need for a separate application to give you access to downloading books and magazines yourself on BARD. There are no specifics for this explanation, but it's part of a vision for the future of the service as it shifts to a more of a BARD or download first option type of service for your reading materials. This doesn't mean you won't still be able to get books from the library directly, but it will be a shift in service to match more of what newer patrons want in a reading service. Another great offering from NLS has been the Braille on Demand Books Project, coming becoming a program now. The initial project allowed for Braille reading patrons to ask for one Braille book per month to see what things look like and how well NLS could meet demand. The project was a success, and NLS has expanded the offering so that you can now get up to five Braille books a month embossed on demand to keep. The Braille is high quality, and the offerings are whatever you can find in the NLS catalog. This is some great news on the NLS front. Here's another tip and new offering from NLS on this topic. If you'd like to get these kinds of announcements for patron things, sign up for the NLS patron announcements email list. Send an email with your name and address to nls-pes at loc.gov. That is nls-pes at loc.gov. This way, anytime NLS has something new to share with patrons, you'll be one of the first to know directly from them. As always, if you have any comments about things like this or you maybe can't find something you were after on the website, you're welcome to email me at the email address abls.help at ncdcr.gov. Thanks so much again for listening. Craig's Desk is a production of the State Library of North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services, a section of the State Library of North Carolina, part of the North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources. This episode was produced on-site in the studios of SLNCABLS. Many thanks to the other person helping on the other side of the glass to produce this show, Clint Exum, our outreach specialist and jack-of-all-trades around our studios. As it has been from the beginning, this show is a production of EMC Squared Productions. 
Intro music is One Fine Day, and closing music is Step to the Beat, and are offered royalty-free from the website Keep Calm and Podcast. Segment transitions starring nature are from zapsplat.com. If you like what you have heard or are just curious about upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast. There are links from our website for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our podcast platform called Podbean, and even an RSS feed to listen to it on your own Podcatcher app. Whenever we put up a new episode, you'll be the first to know. Thanks for listening.